0: Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. All right. Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of Electronic Dance Money, and today is going to be a great episode. I'm so excited for this. I've been working on getting this episode prepared for the past few weeks, talking to my guest, um, which is Richard Wang of Sixth Street Music, and he is someone who I met, oh, probably a few months ago. I remember I posted in the producer dojo group. Looking for hip-hop producers because I had a client who was a rapper and someone had posted your name and I For some reason because I've been part of the community for a while now like over a year now And for some reason I still hadn't heard your music and I checked you out and your shit was unbelievable sent you a friend request and then Oh man, it was probably, I think I just started seeing you posting about your Twitch stream, which I was like, oh, that seems cool. And then I remember I saw a video from your Twitch stream of yeah. you DJing with someone.
1: Yes, I remember that. <laughs> who,
0: who, who was that? That
1: was, my, that was my friend. He goes by DJ Dumpling. That was the first and only guest DJ stream that we've had, but you, you tuned in for that one. I didn't,
0: so I didn't tune in, I just saw a clip from it, gotcha. and I remember watching it, and you were just like, oh, oh, i yep. going nuts on this mix, <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is sick, and oh, then man. I saw you post about your stream, I think, on Facebook when you were going live, and I decided to check it out, and I was just blown away with what you were doing, or maybe you even actually, actually, no, I think we were talking, and you messaged me, and you were telling me about your stream, and I tuned in, and... I was just blown away with what you're doing because it's it's just great. Oh,
1: thanks. I appreciate that.
0: I mean, the the community that you're building within your Twitch, you're very humble with everything you're doing. You bring all these producers in and it's just straight feedback. You're helping these young producers out. And what's even better is a lot of the frequent producers that come in every every stream, they have a new track. Yep. Like you can progressively hear them get better. better yeah they're taking the feedback that everyone is giving them within this stream they're growing and it's just phenomenal i'm having you on today so that we can talk about how producers can utilize twitch because i think that's you know twitch is designed i mean originally it was designed just for gamers Mm -hmm. to stream yeah but now it's become such a bigger thing there's so many different subtopics within that and i think twitch is such a extremely useful resource for producers to use to not only create content, but keep their fans engaged with them. Yeah. They feel, I mean, your fans can get to know you so much more, especially when they see you, they see you reacting to music. Yeah. They can just see the passion that you have for it, which is just so important. So that's why I want to have you on today, because I think a lot of producers can learn from what you're doing and figure out how they can start to monetize things on Twitch and get a step closer to becoming a full-time producer. And I mean, what, you've been doing the stream since January, right?
1: Yeah, uh, early February, so the end of January-ish, around that time.
0: Okay, so I mean, what, six months, yeah. not even? Maybe five, five six to six months? months? crazy, yeah and and how many subscribers are you at now
1: uh subscribers is usually sitting between 30 or 40 and then um i hit like 650 followers i think just recently um which is which is which i'm very very happy about and it's been a crazy journey just like jumping onto twitch and um the whole community and the environment such a different world and there's a whole culture that i didn't really understand about twitch until i just kind of hopped in um but yeah man i'm I'm stoked where it's going, and I'm kind of excited where it's going to go down the line, too.
0: Every time that I'm in the stream, you at least get, like, two or three new followers. And you're streaming three times a week, correct? Yes, three
1: times a week, two hours each time, so six hours a week.
0: Yeah, so six hours, and you get a few new followers each time, and then every once in a while, I'll see someone subscribe. So, I mean, that that traction builds, and as you get that fan base, especially with producers who are constantly in there... I mean they become dedicated followers for what you're doing you become their favorite producer they're sharing that stream with their friends who are producers and you just gain those followers and those subscribers that's over a hundred followers a month that you're getting and I, that's just that's crazy
1: i appreciate that yeah you've seen it you've seen it from the very beginning too like you, you you popped in a couple months ago i think and then you've kind of seen it as it's grown from like very new to now i'm like not as new i still feel pretty new on twitch to be honest but um, I think that it's been cool to see how the channel has matured, you know? I don't feel like a noob anymore. I still feel newish, but I'm not a noob anymore.
0: <laughs> well, and you, you can tell how comfortable you are on camera. You're very personal. You're very likable. You're Thanks. yourself, which is very important when you're doing this kind of thing because you need to be genuine and authentic to who you are. Otherwise, people can see through the bullshit and yes. the fakeness of someone who's just, you know, on there trying to make money. And I mean, there is... You know, a sense of it is you want to be on there and you want to monetize because you have goals of becoming full time so that you can provide more music and art to people. Yes. Um, But within that comes authenticity, like authenticity has to follow if you do want to monetize this kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I think something like Twitch, um, where it's a live stream where there are no edits, right? You can't edit anything you say. You can't edit the ums and ahs. And like if you if you fall out of your chair, everyone's going to see it. Like, that's what is really special about Twitch, but that's also the challenge about Twitch as well. Because like you said, you need to be really authentic because like a face-to-face conversation, you can't really... Bullshit your way through that. No. Am I allowed to swear on the street or on the? Oh yeah. Oh, my, oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh was yeah. Like, yeah. I wasn't sure if this is a, a PG stream or not or a. Oh no. But it's
0: explicit. It's got marked explicit <laughs> on all of the all the podcast sites. Yeah. I cuss so much. No. <laughs> on
1: my stream, it's like a cleaner stream. I try to keep it cleaner just because I know how the internet can get. But yeah, on a, in a face to face conversation, it's easy to read if someone's not into it or if someone's energy's low. Um, And that's a special thing about live streaming. People get to really understand your personality and the way that you are without edits, you know, which is really cool. It's very personal. Um, But it's also the challenge. It's a huge challenge, too, because if you're not feeling it that day, like, man, you just got to you. It is to some degree. You have to turn it on when the camera turns on because it's two hours of the camera on you. Everything's recorded. If you say something horrible, like someone can clip that and that could destroy your career. And that's the really uh, that's a double edged sword of live streaming, you know.
0: It can be risky. Yeah, it can definitely be risky. Yeah.
1: Before, recently, there was a uh, live streamer, and she she was just walking around in L.A. and she made like this joke that was kind of racially charged. And she's also a DJ and producer as well. And that blew up. Someone clipped it. It was like viral on Reddit, and like low key sank her career for a little bit. I think she's fine, but like her public image was just destroyed from like a slip up. Sometimes we say in in the in context, you like joke around with friends, you say something that's like sort of like maybe a little bit not so PC um, or maybe a little bit racially charged, but you don't mean to be racist, but then someone clips it out of context in in a stream and all of a sudden people can kind of put their own assumptions to that context and then it could really be dangerous. So that's something I had to learn even for myself the hard way on Twitch is that everything you do and say is recorded and you do have to be aware. You can't just be relaxed on stream and just say whatever the heck you want to say. You got You have to be really aware.
0: Right, definitely. I, I 100% agree with that. I think I think more importantly, you just don't know who's watching or yes. listening. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you could have all these fans that love you and care so deeply about you and their full support is with you. But if there's one person who do- is jealous of you and doesn't like what you're doing and they see that kind of slip up because they're waiting for it to take it and use it against you, yeah. as fucked up as is, there are people out there that are doing that. And it just, it really sucks because people are just their motivations are very weird sometimes. You can you can see it a lot with younger younger producers who are really new um or maybe they're a year in they they haven't kind of gotten over that hump of it's a community you know as musicians we're all here for each other but uh, there are a lot of musicians who are younger who are just they they don't understand the hard work that goes into being a producer especially when you're trying to go full time and that's it's uh, it's unfortunate but it happens. It's not all of the young producers. The majority are there to help everyone. Yes. But uh, you you just never know who's there. You're
1: going to have bad eggs everywhere. So you just got to, especially if you're doing anything in entertainment. um, Anything
0: successful, anything remotely successful. uh, Yes, there's
1: going to be people who are going to try to take you down in shady ways. But um, I think at the end of the day, your work ethic and your daily grind is going to overcome that, you know.
0: Well, and your authenticity too. Yeah, I mean, that's right, it's, that's right. with you know, uh, with authenticity, you just you can't beat that. If you people want to see you, they want to hear you and what makes Sixth Street music. They want to know more about you, and um, you know, with that auth. Off- authenticity it beats out all that bullshit yeah
1: authenticity is the only way in my opinion to uh, to be sustainable in this industry because if you're trying to hold up an image of yourself the whole time that gets really heavy over the course of years so the only way when you're an artist putting yourself out there and your own personality and your own product out there i think the only way to be sustainable for the long game is to be as authentic and as true to yourself as possible
0: So let's uh, get a little bit more into your background because I'm sure there's some people who are listening who are like, oh, I really like this guy. Well, does he come from? What's his story? So what is your story? How did you get into producing? What made you want to go into this world of Twitch streaming? I mean, what made you want to get into the world of bass music?
1: Yeah, I love bass music. Um, That's something that I like really enjoy making. But I would say that my passion, the the stuff that I love making is I would call it more like future bassy, melodic dubstep sort of stuff but yeah like that's that's stuff that i love making and i love making that music because i was inspired by other artists i think every single producer has a story where they heard another artist and then the world froze for them and they were like how in the world did you make that like crazy experience you know and everything stops and you ask yourself this song is something like i've never heard and i'm really emotionally attached to it but for me that that happened A couple years ago. So I'll back, I'll backtrack a little bit. I originally went to school as a pre-med student. So I went to, I went to college um, studying human biology. And the idea was that I wanted to be a doctor after I graduated from, from college. I went to USC for school here in LA. And that's why I actually moved from Minnesota, where I'm from, to LA. And now I'm still here now. Halfway through college, I had joined a hip-hop dance crew on campus, and I f- I fell in love with dancing. And I don't know if you knew this, but I've been a full-time dancer for much longer than I've been a producer. So my full-time gig in L. A. has been since 2013. Professional dancer, professional choreographer, shows Vegas, um, India. Like that's that's been that's been my thing for a long time. So entertainment is not necessarily a foreign place to me. So I think being a dancer and being a choreographer, once I graduated from college, I decided I wasn't gonna go to med school anymore. I decided I wanted to pursue dance professionally. That started in 2013. I think being a dancer too, that was already the beginnings of my life as a producer. The ability to like really experience music in that way and portray music through your body is kind of the beginnings of like my passion for music. I've always loved music and that's part of the reason why I fell in love with dance in the first place too. Maybe two or three years ago, Um, I remember some of my friends were just making, some of my dance friends, they were just making beats on Ableton. And then I was like, holy crap, I didn't realize that you could just download Ableton to make beats. Like that's, it's like Photoshop, but for music. I'm like, I didn't know I could do that. So that happened. I didn't realize that Ableton was so accessible. And second, I remember hearing Porter Robinson's World album way back in the day. World's album, and it blew my mind, and I remember when I first heard Sea of Voices, I was working on some chemistry project, and then my whole world froze when it came up on YouTube, and then nothing else mattered but me and Porter's music. Yep. As cheesy as it oh, was. Yeah. Um, or I remember I, I, on, in a separate occasion, I heard Language by Porter in some documentary. Oh, that is classic. Yeah, and and everything froze for me. And I was like, what is this music? I've never heard of EDM before, right? So that's where my love for electronic music happened. And then I discovered that Ableton was accessible. And I'm like, why don't I just download Ableton and just like dink around with it? So I got a new MacBook Pro and then I got Ableton on it. And then I just started messing around. And I'll never forget the feeling of when I first... Um, made this little cutesy beach summertime vibe beat. And I sat there, I was like, wait, this actually sounds okay. It's garbage. But it's just like (laughs) the feeling of creating your first song got me hooked. And I was like, I just spent days in the DAW just trying to figure out what these different tools did, trying to create this sound in my head. Um, And that was two years ago. So two years ago was the first time I opened up Ableton and downloaded it and Two years later, I'm still hooked on that feeling
0: what I'm even more blown away and how I can tell you're going to be such a bigger producer than you are now is that you just started two years ago. When you when you hear the kind of music that producers like you who have only been in the game for a couple of years are making and they're releasing, I mean, you can you can just hear the natural talent and it's your music is unbelievable thank you i appreciate that i can hear the inspiration that you get from porter in your tracks and it's just it's fucking incredible it's such great work i can see exactly why ill gates is starting to kind of take you under his wing and guide you and it's it's just it's incredible work that you're doing with the dancing too i can totally see how when you get started if you're getting started as a dancer in hip-hop of course you're gonna you're gonna slowly develop some sense of liking dance music just because they, you know, with all the remixes of hip hop tracks, trying to make things different and interesting, obviously they go together. But when you're in the professional dance world, even more so, do you get a lot of your influences from dancing as well? Like, do you kind of look at some of the tracks you're working on and say, well, what would I want to dance to in addition to want to listen to or choreograph a dance to?
1: Uh, I think it depends on the track that I'm making. So a lot of the more electronic focus uh, stuff that I make, it's, it's I can tell what feels good in the body, but it's not necessarily music I make to choreograph to. Whereas if I'm creating like a hip hop banger or like just like some sort of stripped down hip hop beat for a rapper, I know that that beat has to make you want to like really, really dance. So it's like there, there are two different goals there, you know? But I think that being a dancer has given me a, overall a deeper impression of just feeling music um, and that translates in direct ways or indirect ways in my production you know and i've I've been like dancing my whole life and um growing up as well i like was playing piano and took uh like drum classes and i played the trombone in band so like all of this stuff that they, are like soft skills when i was growing up they directly translated into my production so um the past two years um i think what has helped me a lot is all those soft skills um and two it's been two years of learning the daw versus learning music theory and learning how to play keys like all that stuff playing keys and stuff i brought into um my ableton Daw experience you know
0: yeah i i think that's super important too i you know when i started producing back in 2013 i remember i I went out, I saved my own money and I got a piano teacher because I realized how important that was to have that music theory background, knowing my keys, knowing how to improvise on the piano so I can sit there and just play whatever. Knowing what I know now, I just wish I would have been put into piano lessons at a young age. and. It's not at fault by my parents whatsoever. When I was young, I I was in every single sport yep. and I quit every single one of them <laughs> within the first week. I was very stubborn. So I don't blame my parents for not putting me in piano yeah. because I guarantee I would have just wanted to quit. But, you know, now that I'm in music, I'd wish I would have had that and definitely like if and when I whenever I have kids, I'm definitely putting them in some sort yes. of music theory piano just because I think that's very important to get that sort of musical impression at a young age and understand how music works because you know music fuels life i think of a world without music and it's a boring colorless world it sucks
1: yeah no i feel you if i were to put my kids through anything or tell any newer producers um like two instruments to pick up it would be the piano and percussion any sort of like drum kit any sort of if you just play like snare drum on the drum line but understanding rhythm and understanding a piano roll like just how to read the keys that's like directly translatable into any dog
0: right it's extreme it's extremely important and you know i i never learned i mean when i was real really young i was in band i i played trumpet when i was in band in like fifth to seventh grade or something and that's when I knew how to read music. I don't know, really know how to read sheet music anymore. But, you know, nowadays, I don't think that's as important. I think if you're a producer, if you can just really learn your keys and how your keys are structured, you're not going to be. I mean, unless you're getting into like you want to eventually write an album that you compose into an orchestra. But I mean, even then, you could hire someone to write it into an orchestral piece, you know, learn your keys. If you're a younger producer and you're trying to get in the game, If you just learn your piano keys, understand how your hands should be placed on the piano, like you said, understand the piano roll. I mean, you'll be solid. You'll pick it up fairly quickly. Yeah,
1: you skip years of production if you understand the musical aspects, because there's understanding how to make music and then there's understanding how to work the DAW technically. There's two different skills there, right? So if you're able to develop any sort of skill with understanding music, whether it's vocals, percussion, or melodies or harmonies, like that is all soft skills that translate into the DAW.
0: Let's get into the topic for today, which is about Twitch, how you got involved with Twitch. How did that come up? How did you sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to start streaming on Twitch and giving people feedback because I think that's like, I mean, (laughs) I I wouldn't have, I never would have thought to do that at all. I'm starting to stream some of the lessons I do for some of my clients, but I never would have thought to... Let me just give producers feedback because I think it's a really good idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that. okay. so it started as something very different. Um, So there is a streamer that I used to follow. No, I still follow. Her name is Jana. And she is um, like probably one of the top music streamers on Twitch right now. She's been on the front page a couple of times. But she is this like young girl, like maybe 20 something. And. Pretty new producer, not new producer. She just graduated from music school and she's been producing for a while. But she streams music discovery where she looks up like people submit like dope music online and she like finds music for her DJ sets and she streams her DJ sets. Yeah, and her DJ sets are like popping off and people love like hanging out on Friday nights with her and like she plays these really cool sets and she records them and puts them on YouTube and I was like, whoa, that's like really working for her. And in my mind, when I saw Jana's channel, it was almost like it was like the backbone of her music career. Cause these are a lot of people that are crazy about her, you know, and she's talking with them. And like, you could tell she's really connection with a lot of her fans that way. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm coming back from a, a choreography job in India in, uh, in January, this past January. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try that when I get back. So once I get back, I have a long time back at home. Let's figure out how to stream. Sounds like a fun thing. I didn't realize how challenging it was though. So even just figuring out OBS and even figuring out how to do your overlays and setting up your tip stuff and like setting up your notifications and is your laptop strong enough for streaming? There's so much stuff that I didn't realize that went into streaming um, that I spent a whole month, all of January, just doing research, just setting up the channel. But the idea was to create a platform that I could interact with people and they could see me and understand my personality. And like we could build a relationship. That's kind of the main reason why I wanted to start Twitch in the first place. So when I first started streaming, I'd say February, early February is when I like first turned on streaming. I was using Restream to stream to both Facebook and to Twitch at the same time, because on Twitch, I had like zero followers. There was nobody there, you know? And for me, I remember the first time I turned on the camera, like how scared I was and man, like this is real. Everything I say is gonna be on the internet now. And it's not like I'm scared of performance, but it's just that streaming is a new thing, you know? I'm sitting on my computer and everyone can hear what I say and I respond to people real time. But I started, basically the whole idea of the channel in the first place was to create a platform kind of like what I was seeing with other producers where people can connect with me personally because I think it's really important for a producer to put out their personality these days because it colors their brand. It, it adds it adds another dimension to a brand or your artist's name beyond just your music. And there's so much music out these days. For me, it was finding a way to differentiate Sixth Street music from another future-based producer. So that's how it all started. And after the first time I streamed, it's kind of like production, like that feeling of, holy crap, I just was live for two hours, you know, and you kind of feel this like sense of like accomplishment and this high from it. I kept wanting to upgrade my stream, you know? And I like found ways to make it sexier, make it look nicer, you know? I got these lights behind me because of it. Try to find ways to upgrade the look of the stream became just a natural thing because I wanted to just keep getting better at it, you know? It has really grown a lot over the past six months, but the original goal was just to make a platform where I could connect with other people.
0: It's a genius way to connect with your fans. And it's oh because, you know, if you're... A relatively small producer, you're more than likely not getting all these big gigs where people can hear you live and they can meet you after the show and talk to you and meet you face to face. So this is a way for you to break that barrier with people all around the world, not just if you're playing in one city or in your local area, you can connect with someone who's 3000 miles away and connect with them on a real personal level where you actually talk to them. You can say their name. They can hear you. You, you are giving them feedback and helping them. That's so important to build that community. And it, it helps build trust, too. So people trust you in what you're doing as a producer, and they're more willing to support you and go head over heels to help you out in your career, which is very important.
1: Yeah, I feel like, I feel like there's something about creating... If you are somebody that they like you as a person, they're much more likely to support your product or your music. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's brand trust.
0: It's completely, yes, yes. it's all about brand trust. And in order to do that, I mean, the, this goes into what we were just talking about before, authenticity. If you have that authentic viewpoint and you share that with the world and you're open to people, uh, they, they crave that. It's just like with podcasts, man. Podcasts are another medium of... People can hear you, they learn from you and they understand you and your personality so much more rather than if you read an article, you know, if you if you hear someone talk and have a conversation with someone else for an hour, whether it's a stream, whether it's a YouTube video or a podcast, when they hear that and they get that connection, it's it's so much stronger than just reading something that they posted online. It's not as foreign because, you know, with social media, it's still a new thing. It's still fairly foreign. But having that medium of seeing someone, hearing them. I mean, you think of an actor when you see an actor in so many movies, you feel like you know them. You really, you don't necessarily know them because they're playing something else. But you still, you have this connection of like, I've seen this person, I've heard them talk. I feel like I could get along with them.
1: Yeah, I think it's a I think it's really about that facial recognition. I think podcasts is great too cuz it's a it's a it's informational, it's the person's voice, but um like you said with movies and with streaming and YouTube videos, even on like Instagram, the the content that people connect with the most are faces. People are looking for, I think this day and age, not only products that Make them happy, but also connection with people over the internet. So I think that's why streaming is so powerful is that you see their face and their reaction as well. And that says a lot, even without saying any words, as well as their words at the same time. So I think that the medium of video or just live streaming is such a powerful online content tool, you know?
0: Branding yourself is such an important thing because you don't want to be like every other twitch streamer. You want something that differentiates yourself and you've done, such a good job at this I It's I mean so
1: funny because I don't even I in my mind I'm like man I could be doing a better job but I would love to hear your side it's
0: <laughs> it is so interactive so much fun everything you do in it I mean let's just get into a little bit of it you have the dope sauce can you tell people about what you what because you know I still see it ever since yeah ever still since gone. the first time <laughs> in the stream You were showing this dope sauce and all shit. I was like, "What is it? I don't know what it is, but I fucking love it." And then you tell people to throw dope sauce it, and people are throwing emotes of a fucking picture of the dope (laughs) sauce. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. It's fun. It's interactive. Everyone can be involved with it. It is fucking perfect. It is so good. It's even better for your brand. I mean, it's it's you. Like, I'm starting to associate dope sauce with. The Sixth Street brand, which is perfect. (laughs) I mean, that's what you want. That's so funny. If if you hear someone say dope sauce, you want them to now associate with your brand. And I have a feeling that's definitely going to be a part of your brand at your live shows. No, for real. Yeah. Which is going to be extremely exciting, however you orient that. If you come up, oh my God, okay, here we go Sixth Street hot sauce.
1: Now that would I be thought fu- I thought about that too, about making that in a company, but that's going to be way down the oh, line. Oh yeah, way Six down the road. Hot <laughs> su-
0: but I mean, d- please let me know if you ever oh, make some fucking Sixth Street Dope
1: Sauce. Dude, because it's going to be some I great will... hot sauce. I love hot sauce, so don't get me wrong. It's going to be awesome. I,
0: but anyways, what is the Dope Sauce? How did you come up with that? Because it's just, it's so, it felt, it feels natural the way it came yeah, in. Yeah,
1: appreciate that. Um, yeah. So Dope Sauce is, that's, my my girlfriend's laughing. <laughs> um i that's something i say normally i say stupid stuff and sometimes when things are really cool i say dope sauce when things are lame i actually say lame sauce i used to do that more um but that was just something that i said on stream and i think my girlfriend liz pointed it out and she was like oh that's a weird thing that you say but it's totally you you know um, and then I think I said on stream randomly one time, I'm like, oh, like this song is like super dope sauce. And then I saw I was eating dinner upstairs and I had this little bottle of hot sauce that next to me and I just reached over and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be the dope sauce. I didn't know how big of a deal it was gonna be at the time, but I was like, oh, like, yo, that was dope sauce. Oh, check this out, I got some hot sauce right here. This is the dope sauce. Yeah, everyone, give him some props, you know? Um, but it was just something that I said and I just realized that that just clicked. And it wasn't something that I had planned to click at all, but things uh, people liked it and people were enjoying the fact that I was like saying this super dumb thing, dope sauce. So it clicked. And then this is the same sauce I'm showing you <laughs> on the camera right now that I've had for six months. It has changed color it and it's disgusting. I remember it when gnarly. it was
0: it was red, right? It was
1: red. I at remember one when point. it was red. <laughs> and it's like dissolved into or fermented into like some yellow it's, stuff now.
0: It is gnarly looking, but yeah. I love it. So I it.
1: gotta I gotta get a better dope sauce um, or switch it out, but that branding idea basically just came as an accident. Um, It was something that just clicked. It was something that I said normally, and it just kind of became part of the Sixth Street um, brand. And it's just fun for somebody to come into the stream who's been there before to connect to something that they already know. Like it's kind of an inside joke. Um, And a lot of the things within the community is kind of creating inside jokes with the community so that they feel like they're there you know yeah, like, they're a they part of something me. else yeah they're that's right. the
0: other which people yep. like that people like to be the other if they're yes. a part of a group
1: yeah but honestly like that's something i'm always thinking about for um my six street brand is like what differentiates me and what can i add to the stream or my music project to make it um, more unique and dope sauce was just a random thing that just happened. You know, I also added the whole dabbing thing and just like, just dance stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's something that is dance related. It's fun. Like people, it gives people an incentive to follow. I have people a, know I will, what it
0: is. They connect to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And people on my title, it says, I will dab for follow. Um, <laughs> there's some guy on Twitch that drinks mustard for follow. So oh. I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea, but not mustard. But what can I do instead of mustard? Let's dab instead, which is totally not the same. But why not? And then people sometimes they'll fall and they're like, "Wait, you forgot to dab!" Like I'm like, "Oh, my bad!" Like it's <laughs> let a dab me dab for you, for you real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a fun thing, and it just makes it just kind of shows that I don't take myself too seriously. Um, but it's just a pattern of recognition that people recognize and it can expect from me um, on my stream.
0: Yeah. So I think I think that's extremely important for people to take away is if you can find something unique about you and how you can apply it to your stream. Like I said, I associate dope sauce with 6th Street music that's now. So and, funny. <laughs> and I definitely think it needs to come, something like that needs to come naturally. You can't really force yeah. it. I mean, obviously if you have something that you you maybe your group of friends recognizes you for, that's natural. You can apply that to the stream, but I don't think you can just try to take take something like yours and, you know, reverse it with something else, you know, some sort of other sauce or juice or something yeah yeah you know that's a little too forced and constructed it's i mean the way it came out with you naturally i think that's extremely important and that's how people should try to follow that sort of formula don't force things out what how long were you streaming for before you added dope sauce in
1: like a month yeah yeah so it was just something that like i started saying and then like i think someone pointed out to me and i was like oh why not just make that part of the stream I think it's just like finding those patterns that make you interesting and then making it intentional to add those patterns into your public personality. Like, for example, um, on a lot of YouTube, a uh, couple videos, they will have an intro saying that they always say the same thing every single time. It could be as simple as like, oh, my name is that. My name is that. Welcome to our video. Pound it like that. That could be the branding thing for a YouTube video. Um, but finding that pattern that people can latch onto, that's natural for you is going to help. Make your content more digestible and they look they look forward to that little moment. You know, Mm -hmm.
0: it's it's just like music If you're writing a melody or a top line, it's it needs some sort of repetition in it Yes, so people can fall back to it and they're hearing something that they were like if you hear one word verse by the second verse you're more than likely hearing the same melody and it's so that there is that feeling of, oh, I've heard this, I recognize it. I remember I like this. And then you add just a little bit of a twist on it to keep it interesting. I feel like it's the exact same thing. You've got to keep a little bit of that repetition in there so people feel more comfortable with it once you introduce it.
1: Yes, that's right. That's 100% the same concept.
0: I'm not 100% sure with how subscribing works, if it's kind of the same as Patreon, because I know Patreon has tiers for subscriptions. Is yeah. Twitch the same way, where you get tiers as a subscriber?
1: Yes, it's basically the same thing. Um, Twitch has three tiers. There's a $5 tier, $10 tier, and then a $25 tier. But I would say that like 99% of people on Twitch are just doing the regular subscription. The $5 um, one? The $5 one, yeah. And how that works is they will no longer get ads on your channel. So as they're watching, sometimes ads will just pop up if you're... A non-subscriber because Twitch needs to make money, so they pay five dollars, five dollars a month to get no ads, and then you also get the emotes. And every single channel, that's one way to brand your channel as well. You saw the emote, the Dope Sauce emote that I made for my channel, um, but every channel got has your their face, own face, right? Yeah, you can make your own face. You can just have like hilarious things. They're usually like people's faces, like the streamer's face, because it's personalized, you know. But you get access to the emotes of that channel for that month that you're a subscriber. So um, they pay five dollars. Twitch takes half of it. Um, so I see 250 of that per month and it's not a large sum of money, but for a lot of people like they have over a thousand subscribers like that's over two grand just like that. That's two twenty five hundred dollars a month just from subscribers because like people want to see you. They're paying for your content.
0: That's people's entire bills for a month. If yes, you can get to that, point, which and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on this, because I have no doubt in my mind that in the next couple of years, you'll probably be full time just from your Twitch just because of how fast it's growing. And that's why I wanted to have you on, because it's it it's possible if you if you play your cards right, if you brand yourself well enough, if you're likable on camera, you can make Twitch happen. First of all, it's fun as hell. You can help out a ton of producers. I mean, depending on what you're doing. But, I again, I mean, you can monetize it. You can make your living off of doing streams, and you can do it only three times a week. And the rest of the week, you can just focus on working on
1: music. Twitch is really special because it has all the tipping system and like the, the sub- subscription, all that system is baked into the system. So it makes it really easy for people to give to the content creator. Whereas like YouTube, for example, YouTube streams currently I don't think has any tipping system. Um, so like people can watch live streams, but you have to tip through a third party system. So it's not as streamlined. Um, whereas in Twitch, it's all part of it already where people are able to tip if they want to, and you're able to give them perks if they tip or perks if they subscribe or whatever it is, it's all in Twitch, you know,
0: people pay for convenience, they want that within the tip system, you're more likely to get that reward from a fan or subscriber, if they're able to just do it all in one screen, still watch you as things go on, they don't have to leave the page, people don't want to have to do that.
1: And they can see a little notification pop up on the screen, like their tip or subscription affects the stream, which is like a really cool thing for a lot of people where they can like actually add yeah, they're like, oh, your name pops up. This person has subscribed, and then I'm like, yo, thanks so much. You do my little subscription dance and call out their name. It's just fun for people, you know. Right.
0: You play you play a Snoop Dogg track when people yeah. <laughs> uh, when people subscribe, right?
1: Yep, I have a little Snoop Dogg thing that plays. I do a little like lame dance that everybody yeah. hates, but that's my sub dance. You got to deal with it. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it. know, oh, it's. I mean, it's your brand. It's. It's just. It's so perfect.
1: Twitch. I've seen a lot of like for some of the top Twitch streamers it's crazy the amount of money that they make so it's important to recognize that yes it is possible to do a, a lifetime of twitch streaming and make money from it and have a full-time income but it is incredibly hard work and like being being on stream for six hours eight hours a day which a lot of the top streamers do like playing video games and stuff is like that's a real job you gotta clock in like you gotta turn on the personality and you're basically your own talk show host for eight hours and like the amount of energy it takes to be a talk show host is a ton of energy for just even two hours, you know, after streams, after two hours, I'm like dead. And I would also want to point out that Twitch is largely a very niche audience. And even my audience, which is producers and musicians and singers, that's a niche within a niche. Like there's a like Twitch is not a mainstream thing. YouTube is a mainstream video platform, you know, like there's way more people that understand like, who know YouTube than Twitch. Even Instagram live streaming is technically like more popular than Twitch live streaming. It's important to recognize that Twitch is, for one, very niche audience, and for two, largely boys. I would say 90 to 95% of the viewers on Twitch are dudes. Yeah. Um, so as a guy streamer, I need to be offering something that's really, really valuable for people and really entertaining for people to want to uh, tip or subscribe to my channel. Um, and that's been actually a challenge I've been running into recently being a, a feedback producer or a feedback streamer. I, I've i kind of run into a plateau where I feel like I've kind of hit my niche pretty well. Like I've, I've already kind of got my name around the world of Twitch that I give feedback. Um, and the growth has actually kind of plateaued a bit. So now I have to think about how do I evolve my content to be relevant to this Twitch audience, which is largely younger guys and producers you know so it's something to think about like you, you have to give what people want in terms of uh, if you want to make money doing social media or through live streaming
0: i agree 100 i think that's a very good topic to bring up or point to make is that as creatives you have to do that naturally as you progress and grow your career and i'm actually experiencing that myself right now I started my studio July of 2018, so it's almost been a full year, and I just figured out all of my branding stuff about two months ago, three months ago, and I'm hitting this stage where all I'm doing is creating content now. I'm just writing articles. I'm posting tips and tricks on my social media pages. I've started this podcast. um, I've got an email marketing list, and they're all focused on helping producers and helping them grow themselves within their studio. And I'm experiencing the same thing where I'm starting to hit this point where I go, okay, starting to do a lot of content, it's building up, there's a lot of things I need to do, but I need to make sure I'm staying on top of my toes. How can I provide more value? How can I do things a little bit differently than what other people are doing? And that's a natural progression. Everyone plateaus at a point and you have to figure out how you can take that and evolve from that If you are able to do it successfully, you, one, you grow bigger. You grow so much bigger. I guarantee you will almost double your following from that. But not only that, you brand yourself even more. You get niched down into who you are. People start recognizing you as you a lot more than before. Because before, people are still like, well, who is this person? And they're almost, they're comparing you to someone else. And once you get to that evolved point and grow past that, they start seeing you as being something completely separate and different from everyone else. And it's, it's important to get past that growth point because once you can get over it, or not growth point, but um, I guess it's a growing pain that you have to experience and get over. And once you do, I mean, the success just becomes even bigger and bigger. And it starts to become a lot easier to develop new content or even to apply some things that other people are doing to your stream but making it more about you and more original to what you're doing and what your brand is.
1: I feel like a lot of uh, what my stream has evolved into, like you said, it's a lot about finding things that have worked for other streamers that have like, like tuned in for their stream. Like, whoa, that's a really fun, cool idea. And how do I make that my own? And that's the same with like any sort of creative passion, even with music, like you hear something in music, you're like, what in the world was that bass sound? You try to recreate it. Like, Find something that's working that you find entertaining in a different medium and try to make that your own. So I totally hear you and evolving.
0: This is uh, my li- my listeners are going to fucking hate me for this because I brought it up almost every single episode. Now, have you read *Steal Like an Artist? No, I've heard about it many times, though. You get it. It's <laughs> like seven or eight dollars on Amazon. I think I've said it every yeah. single episode. Now, it's exactly what we're talking about. And yeah. it's all about how to steal like an artist because every artist steals and it's not necessarily quote unquote stealing. It's you look at all of these different inspirations and all, I mean, if you take 10 or 20 artists and you take one little piece from each one of those artists and you put it into one thing, it's now something completely new and original that you've created and that's important and it's okay to do that. And there's this bad stigma that you can't do that, but it is. Every artist does it. You'll hear it everywhere you'll hear tracks that remind you of other tracks. Well, I guarantee you that producer got inspiration from that other one and might have stolen either a sound or maybe one or uh, a few notes from a melody and they just heard something in that. And that's Yeah, fine. they heard yeah, something in that fine. that they thought they could do something to create something else. Uh, it's very yes. important. Um, and yeah. I, I'm even, I'm starting to have to look at things like that. I go on Instagram for a lot of my tips and tricks, I'll go and look at a lot of the hashtags I post about, like mixing tips or producer tips. And I go in there and I have to find topics to post about tips to give out. And it's, it's a lot. It's very easy to go in there and look through stuff and be like, Oh, I didn't even think about posting about that or talking about this kind of tip, but someone else posted about it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh shit, I could talk about that. And you know, I'm not going to steal what they talked about, but I'm going to take the topic and go into other details that they didn't talk about that I can help producers apply to their content or their tracks.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of producers feel like this guilt about taking someone's samples or like taking someone's idea and like evolving from that when in actuality, I feel like that guilt blocks people from just creating music, you know? So I'm like, I think often producers will trip themselves up the most when you could just be inspired and create something that starts in that direction, but by the end... Often your music or product is totally different. Like your tips, like like your podcast, like or like my stream. Totally a bunch of ideas that are inspired from other places, but call it inspiration and not stealing. Cause it's like you call it stealing, then you start to like get on your own case and get it in your own way. I'm like, whatever. It's fine. definitely, I,
0: I 100% <laughs> agree. Yeah. What do you recommend a producer do if they are interested in getting involved with streaming on Twitch, if they want to, you know, whether they want to show, maybe they produce one track a week and that's what they're streaming for four hours or something is them producing a track. How what what steps should they take to get involved in that? And how do they get started? Because I think that's, you know, that's the next step to talk about is we've talked about how to brand yourself, how to be likable, things you can do to differentiate yourself. But what what steps do they need to take to start that journey of getting involved on Twitch?
1: So I think there are two things that I would recommend. The first is finding your niche product. And the second is the technical aspect of what it takes to actually start streaming on Twitch. I'll start with the niche product because I think this is more important. I think often people will jump onto Twitch and think that if they just spend a lot of time on Twitch and just like either play a game or if they just like sit on Twitch for eight hours a day, that is going to net them people who care about their product. But I've actually found that spending less time on Twitch with a more focused product will get more people interested in actually following your channel and following what you're about. I've heard of so many like horror stories on Twitch where people will be streaming for two years straight, full-time streamers, and they dream of doing it and they're playing like Fortnite for like eight hours a day, hammering away, but like, what makes that stream different than just watching Fortnite on YouTube, you know? Um, Like what makes Twitch unique is the personality like that really is the biggest differentiation between Twitch versus any of the platform is that you have the ability to have a real conversation a real personality right then and right there and they can just chat you respond right there that has to be part of your product and how do you inject your personality, which is your product into whatever you're trying to offer. For me, for me, music feedback actually became my main thing because it's very interactive. I love being able to hear something and give and take right away. Whereas I realized that I wanted to start Twitch streaming for DJ sets and kind of share sets and whatever and share music. But I realized that those Streams were actually getting no views or traction because people didn't want to just show up on their Friday nights and just watch me spin for two hours. And unless you're already a famous DJ, there's no reason why they would want to watch you spin for two hours when it's not interactive. So finding those blocks early on in your Twitch or streaming career, what do you want to offer your audience? That's really, really important in terms of growing your brand. Like there are some girls on Twitch that just sit there watching people's YouTube videos all day and like respond to people's YouTube videos. And they'll take donation submissions for people to drop their own videos or whatever. And their product is entirely their look. They're a girl on Twitch, which is largely boys. Their product is partially their look and also partially their responses and personality. That is their product. That is entirely their niche and people flock to it because it is a relevant product within Twitch, right? If you're a girl, that's just, you're relevant because there's so many boys on Twitch. It's just the way it is. But like as a dude, like for, or like as a producer on Twitch, you got to be doing music feedback. You could be doing music production streams where you're just in the DAW, but I've also found that to be a little bit less engaging as well. But perhaps people want to watch that, you know, like that's, that's also a niche audience that like people just want to like watch how you make music, which is Kind of like gaming where you're doing something else, but people are just watching you do it. I, I think the
0: important point to make, too, with producing on Twitch, and it's something I've thought about a lot because, you know, a, a year or two ago when I was heavily into producing, I was thinking about doing that um, and I even tried it a couple times. But the issue with production, especially if you're alone producing, is you're not engaging and that's the issue. Someone's watching you sit there silent for 10 minutes while you're bugging some sort of fucking melody or drum loop, and it's, it's just not interactive. If you can figure out how to be engaging and interactive that entire time while you're talking to people talking about what you're doing, your thought process through things, and maybe there's every once in a while, there's one to two minutes of silence, that might be okay. But you need to figure out how you can be personable and likable while you're actually producing.
1: Yes, that is the strength of Twitch, is the interactivity of Twitch. And unless you're a famous DJ like Deadmau5 who will sometimes stream his like production stuff, no one's gonna sit there and watch you produce because it's very one directional. You're watching your screen, they're watching you watch the screen. So the product, that's important to think about, how do you make your live stream interactive, fun, and responsive for people? And then that could, like, in, in terms of music, I've thought about a bunch of different ideas. And I've I figured that feedback is the most direct one, but there's also beat battles. Like, you could, act, could, like, create a 10-tier, like, 10 people put in $5 and then do a beat battle with everybody watching and everyone reacts and votes for the best one and the person for, at the very top wins, like, 50 bucks, you know? Like, a beat battle where it's like a show. Like, you're putting on a music show. Or, like, you could do a one-hour... I've seen um, a streamer do a one-hour... Beat challenge where they uh, he drags in a what do you call it a sample into Discord and then the whole community has one hour to use that sample to create the dopest beat like stuff like that works like a game show you can make that interactive make that really fun that's what's really strong on Twitch so what do you want to do as a music streamer that's interactive that's fun for people to engage with.
0: With with producing, I think what a really fun now that I'm thinking about, especially after you're talking about the beat battle, I think what would be extremely fun to do is if you get enough subscribers or followers, what you could do is you could take 10 producers, choose them. I mean, they could either pay do donation or you can pick whoever you want, but have if they if they are producers, have those producers One person writes a melody, one writes a bass line, the other writes a drum loop, and maybe they just all write four or eight bars. And if you want to produce a track, you take what those producers give you and they get to watch you make a track out of what they produced and gave to you. I think that's a great idea. You know, that can be very interactive. People see what you... People are seeing what they created and watching you do something with it. I think that can be extremely fun, interactive. So we're we're kind of thinking a little narrow-minded right now. Like there are things that other people have done that we're talking about, but there are ways that you can step outside the box, try to think of how you could take something like that. Maybe you do some, if you have live synths, you could do something with that because that can be a lot of fun if people are, You know, especially if you have like an analog synthesizer and you're making some wacky ass sounds, that can be a lot of fun. People can be like, whoa, this is some crazy fucking shit. And you can you can even offer that to, you know, once you've let's say you've created some sort of patch and you record the sound, you can actually offer that to your subscribers. So you're offering free content out and they got to watch you create it and you can teach them how you created what you did. So there's a lot of things you can go into with that. And, you know, a lot of what we're talking about right now goes exactly into the third episode, which was about how to brand yourself as a producer. And um, you mentioned, you know, niching down to what your audience is. This is exact. You know, The I had my buddy Alberto on the last episode and we talked about how to brand yourself as a producer on Instagram. And you have to start off with who's your audience. You have to find out where your audience is what they're following what they're liking and the way you do that is it's set up like a ladder so you go to the very top whoever the top producer is that you follow that you're inspired by look at who their audience is who's following them what they're interested in now step down the ladder who's someone below that producer find their audience and then step down below that producer as well until you get someone who's a little bit, like, let's say you have 500 followers on Instagram, find someone who has 5,000 who, if you've walked down the ladder, has the audience that you're looking for. Now, what do they like? What are they following now? You know what you need to post about. So you can do the same thing with Twitch streamers. I mean, if there's a really big Twitch streamer that you like, you work that ladder, find out what their audience is interested and just keep walking it back and you can figure out what your audience is. And with that, you can figure out, what it is you can do on Twitch to attract that audience and get people in the door.
1: Yep, that's 100% right. Yeah, that's a really good way to learn how to brand yourself and kind of work your way up. See what's working for other people. And you don't necessarily have to create a whole new road. Just like see what's working for people and make it your own.
0: Yeah. Most importantly, Rome wasn't built in a day too. So a lot of this, like we're talking about, a lot of this shit is hard work. It takes time. But if you're dedicated enough, you will come out on top. I mean, you, you just need to be dedicated and want it.
1: Yeah, and be be really critical in terms of how you look at the social media atmosphere and adapt to that because it's changing so fast and the market's always evolving. So one thing that is working might not always work a year from now, but as long as you're putting in that daily effort and you're critically addressing how people's attention are going, and in terms of what is working, what's not working, then you can adapt and change really quickly. I think the best producers in terms of marketing are the ones that are able to adapt quickly. See what's not working, cut it off quickly, waste no more time there, and go to where the attention is. The second thing I was talking about earlier in terms of starting a a Twitch stream is just the technical stuff. Technical stuff is simply you need a computer that has the power to stream at least at 720p. Normally streams are at um, 1080, but 720 is what I have to downgrade my stream to because I'm just on a MacBook. So with the capturing of my music from my computer and the camera and all the different random effects and GIFs and stuff like that on my screen, um, my computer is like pretty maxed out in terms of CPU. It's running at like 80% the whole time during my streams. So getting a computer that is a, a strong computer and then also any sort of like webcam is super important for Twitch. Like you don't want to stream on Twitch if you don't have a webcam. You gotta have something that shows your face and then any sort of decent microphone. So mine's a hundred bucks, but any decent ish microphone, it could be a USB microphone, but that just increases the quality of the audio on your stream. But anything to kind of upgrade the look or the audio on your stream, you don't need to spend a thousand bucks on a microphone, like a hundred dollar microphone is probably going to be fine. But technically you just need OBS, like as a software it's free. It'll push your video onto, you can put it on a Facebook, you can put it on Twitch, you can put it wherever you like, um, but that's your streaming software.
0: You can do lots of cool things with OBS. And even in Twitch, in Twitch, you can do overlays and stuff too as well, right?
1: Um, All my overlay stuff comes from stream elements. So all of the extra notification and stuff and all the little like fun little eye candy that's on the screen, that's all from stream elements. And I've had really good experience with them. So yeah, that's honestly all that you need. Just figure out how to use all that stuff. And then you got yourself a stream. But streaming, like, like we're talking about, it's really about finding a product that works with people and something that's enjoyable for you um and it's got to be fun and like that's the only way it's sustainable is if it's fun for you if you're not having fun with it then you're really like forcing a stream and it's not fun
0: (laughs) yeah that goes into authenticity i mean if you're not having fun you're not being yourself you're not being authentic and that's not gonna you're not gonna be able to monetize i mean dead mouse can just because that's part of his fucking brand that's who he is he's he's a jackass but um you know a lot of people love it a lot a lot of people love his sarcasm he's very blunt and to the point um and it just it works for him again he's also he's dead mouse like he's dead he mouse was,
1: he's already he's like top of the business so you can do whatever the hell he wants to do yeah he, can <laughs> do, he does
0: not have to act happy on camera whatsoever because people love everything he does and you know it, and it didn't come easy there's there he didn't that didn't happen overnight it was a lot of branding uh, a lot of hard-ass work and you he gets to do that now just because that's where he's at and it's it doesn't like I said, Rome wasn't built in a day. you gotta you gotta work on it and work on it really really hard.
1: A quick note about Twitch. this is something I've been thinking about and I uh, kind of wanted to talk about it real quick. It's important to recognize the differences between the different social media platforms. Um, I've been learning recently that Twitch is a great platform for monetizing but it's not that great. And it's, it's super great for interactivity, but it's not that great in terms of search optimization. Meaning it is actually pretty difficult if you don't have a really streamlined product that you're offering on your stream to grow on Twitch. And I've been thinking about this recently, even for my own streams. I feel like discoverability is much higher on other platforms. And to my channel has been growing Pretty, pretty decently. It's solid, you know. But if I had like one viral video on YouTube, the searchability on YouTube is incredible. You know, you, you you hit you if you get the number one video for any sort of niche on YouTube, you're gonna get hits for sure. And I've I've seen a lot of very successful streamers talk about how you you almost want to bring an audience from a more searchable platform onto Twitch. So Deadmau5, for example, his platform is his music. Like people know him because of his music. So people will watch him on Twitch and interact with him because they want to spend time with this person that they've already heard about his name, you know?
0: Well, he could send one tweet out and get 10,000 people on his stream in yeah. an, in in a minute.
1: Yes. And then so he it's... can
0: get he can get all those people to follow him on Twitch really. So yes, it is very important to be ha- have a platform on these other social media. Yeah, things. I almost
1: consider Twitch almost like a It's like it has to be in tandem and supplementary to another platform. It's really hard to just grow solo on Twitch. Yes. So like um Mm -hmm. in my mind too, like Liz and I, my girlfriend, um, we just started a couples channel on YouTube just for that reason, you know, just to get more eyeballs on our faces. Um also we're constantly pushing out music and also we have instagrams you know like we're pushing instagram like crazy to be able to bring more people onto twitch but twitch i think is a supplementary it has to be in tandem with other things it's really hard to grow on twitch solo you know
0: you have to be able to promote your twitch stream to get people in the door because like you said it's, it's not easy to discover someone on twitch unless let's say you're fo- you're already following 10 streamers are involved in electronic music. Sure, you might pop up in their feed one day whenever you're streaming and they'll discover you then. And I'm sure that's starting to happen. That doesn't happen right away. It won't happen because you have to get within Twitch's algorithm for you to start popping up there. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with subscribers and followers and what they're following and watching. So how do you go about promoting your Twitch stream on these social media platforms?
1: I try to be the least spammy as possible. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to be like, hey, because I stream three times a week. It's really easy just to post three times on all my social media platforms like, hey, I'm streaming. The way I do it now is I will clip the best parts of my Twitch stream and my reactions. And I'll post those reactions on my Facebook or my Instagram story or whatever, just to get people intrigued about like, oh, he's like actually a Twitch streamer. Like he's actually doing stuff on Twitch. And it's a lot more visual, it's a lot more fun than just getting a little tweet that says, hey, I'm live, come check check me out, you know? Um, But cross-promotion is really, really important, but a lot of my growth has not been from my friends and organic, like, like fans from my Facebook page, it's been largely from people talking about the stream with their friends, like strangers, you know? Like there was a period of time in like two months or three months into my stream, there was one guy that was part of this collective called MBM Crew. And this is he like randomly popped in my stream and then he invited the rest of his entire producer gang and all of a sudden the next stream it was popping off like 35 people and I'm like what in the world just happened why is the entire like collective here but it really is if your stream is fun they'll tell their friends about it and word of mouth is the best marketing. You, of course, want to plug yourself. You want to promote yourself on all your channels. Like without sounding spammy, you want to be relevant with your promotion. But the best marketing is honestly just word of mouth from other people because it, it gets it doesn't sound self-promotion-y. Like it's, it's it sounds like my friend likes it. So therefore, I'm going to go it's and check it out. It's way it's, more. Natural. It's organic. It's all yes. organic
0: traffic. It's the same thing. If you're running an audio engineering studio, you don't make your money off of Doing a bunch of cold outreach and reaching out to a bunch of producers who don't know you, you make your money by building relationships with your clients and them turning into a referral machine for you. Yes, they go yeah, off yeah, yeah. and tell your producers, Yo, I'm working with this mixing engineer, he's so awesome, he goes above and beyond. He's really nice, super cool guy. Uh, go check him out if you got a track that you need mixed or mastered. Go, go here. That's how you build revenue and how you can actually go full time as an audio engineer is it's all based on your clientele base turning into a referral machine. And it's the same way with it sounds like it's the exact same way with Twitch.
1: Yeah. You want to think about um offering the best product possible so that people cannot help but talk about it. Like they're like, man, I hang out with I hang out with Richie every Friday night from six to eight o'clock and it's a blast, you know? You gotta come and like check it out sometime. It's fun and like they're way more likely to check that than my friend who saw my little tweet like hey I'm live. <laughs> yeah
0: I th- I think it's extremely important to do a clip too. Like I really the I really fun, like yeah. seeing those because I'll I'll see those pop up every once in a while, a clip from the last stream or something. And if yeah. I missed a stream, I get to see like the coolest highlight. Uh, yeah. And and that goes into what we were talking about before with people like seeing faces. If you're promoting with a piece of video content, they're much more likely to get engaged with that content, share it, comment, like on it, and watch it and enjoy it so much more.
1: Yeah, putting your face out there, I think, is like the number one marketing tool that you can use. That's what that is. Your brand is your face, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your face. It could be a mask, you know. But if you're streaming on Twitch, it's probably going to be your face. Like, use your face in all your promotion. Anytime I post about like any sort of music related thing, I always put a picture of my face with, like, a headshot or something that looks nice. Because people people are scrolling down, they see my face first, and they see me smiling and like happy or excited about something, and all of a sudden they read like, "Oh, my EP got." number whatever on port and like that's a more important news but they don't care about the news until they see your face
0: let's get a little bit into the topic of about the community you're building because that is so important with becoming successful on twitch is building this sense of community again with the repetition of things that you're talking about within the stream branding um and then when you're going live so you you know you're going live three days a week every sunday tuesday and friday at 6 p.m uh, pacific time that's very important so you have that repetition within your schedule of streaming the repetition of things that you're talking or doing within the stream for branding with a dope sauce and dabbing and all that And with this builds this sense of community where people know when to come onto the stream, they know exactly when you're going to be live. They know what to expect and they're super excited about that. So you start building this community and you decided to go the route of creating a discord server, which I think is just fucking great. More producers need to do it because it's a great way to build a sense of community. People can talk to each other within the community without you having to be involved, but they're still within your server. So it's still almost branding you and yourself. I just love the sense of community that you're building. So how did you come up with the idea for building a Discord server?
1: Um, Discord, so that is kind of like what we're talking about, stealing like an artist, um, where I saw a bunch of other streamers who are way more successful than me, and they all had Discord servers and I don't, I didn't really understand why they had it but I'm like I should probably have one because they keep inviting people to the discord server so I just made one and I had no idea how to run it I had oh just one channel in there originally and uh there was this one guy who popped up in my stream early on his name was Kagune and he was like hey I sorry discord server sucks do you want to make it better somehow like I can make it better for you I'm like really good at discord so I'm like please take it and run with it And then he created, like, all these different bots and, like, this welcome system and stream notifications and stuff like that, and he created all these... The
0: level-up system's badass. Yeah,
1: I had no idea that... It's so cool. Yeah, it it doesn't do anything. It just makes you feel good, like, leveling up. Yeah, it's interactive.
0: (laughs) It's just... It's interactive, and I love it. I'll level up, and I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, I'm level three now. I don't... It doesn't mean shit, but I'm level three now. Yeah,
1: actually, if any other stream or uh, server has that bot in there... You're level three in that stream too. So like, it's basically just like a oh. Discord wide bot that you can keep leveling up. And it's just like a fun thing, you know, it makes the whole thing a game. So yeah, Discord has its own ecosystem that I am still trying to navigate myself. People basically, they have like kind of, I almost consider it like someone has given you their email list or, or or sorry, given you their email to be part of your email list. They've kind of subscribed into your channel enough to be like, oh, I enjoy this guy. I want to hear about his updates on, on his life. So, their I,
0: discord doesn't change either. that's what's important. Yes, just that's like right. an email um,
1: yes, that's right, so it's like their discord, and if i do want to do a big blast to all the people in the sixth street fam, I just do a at everyone, and then everybody gets a little notification that like I am going to be late for my stream or early, I can talk to everybody, you know, so it's, I'm essentially treating it like an email list, but it's a very special email list because, like you said, there are different channels for feedback, different channels for conversation. And that is something that I'm still trying to grasp in terms of like, how much do I try to connect with people on the Discord? I think people are willing to, but even I haven't totally tapped into how much you could actually do there, you know? Because if people are spending a lot of time in the Sixth Street Fam Discord, then they're like kind of, they're they're reminded of Sixth Street every single day. If I'm talking to them every single day through this medium, like they're having a connection with me every single day. And that's important for just Repetition and kind of establish that relationship Mm -hmm.
0: it's it's building a community and that's what it's all about with your fans is you got to build this sense of they're part of this bigger group that other people aren't a part of and they they feel special in that group especially if they're interacting with the producer that they're a fan of and they follow and they want to learn more about Um, and especially if they want to learn more from you it's important for them to feel this sense of connection and pride when they get to work with you and interact with you within that Discord server and while you're streaming.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so cool whenever I see a little notification that someone's like sharing about their weekend or sharing about their life in the Discord server. And I'm not even like my Discord server is not like popping off like some other people's. I'm like, sometimes I go to a server, people are just hanging out all day in the server at other streamers, Discords. But for mine, whenever I get a notification that like someone just shared about like, how they got kicked out of their house, or, like, someone shared about, like, man, this is, like, I just created a new song. I'm so excited to share it, and they just wanted to tell the community that. I'm like, whoa, this is actually, like, a place where people want to come and post stuff, you know? Um, And even that still blows my mind, and it's really cool to see how it's grown to that point.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I really love it, man. I love what you're doing with the Discord server. I love what you're doing on Twitch. It's just it's all so great. It's in and, and I can just I can see it being wildly successful. I I have no doubt in my mind that you, this is something that you could definitely go full time with and uh it, I'm excited to see it expand even more cuz I have a feeling it's going to it's going to blow up fairly big. It's going to be a lot of fun too to see it.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think the uh the bread and butter of my stream is going to be feedback, but I've been thinking about like taking it on the road cuz I travel for choreography jobs and whatnot. So like if I go back to India this year for the job, like I want to get a Wi-Fi system and IRL stream just me walking around India. Like all of a sudden you open up a whole new audience to your face in your stream that like they, they're like watching a travel stream now, you know, um, or like if I start playing more live shows, like taking them backstage with me, like my stream backstage and just talking to them about how I'm feeling right before the show. Like that's all relevant producer talk, you know. Um, more real life stuff but i think the bread and butter is still going to be the feedback but i'm thinking about like how do i expand how do i grow how do i adapt to the ecosystem of twitch
0: Mm, yeah it's it's important too to know i mean you're almost at 700 followers and not all those are producers a lot of those are people who just like watching they like watching and hearing other producers tracks and understand maybe they want to be producers but you know, I guarantee a big number of those are just fans of yours. And if they get more interaction with that IRL stuff, I'm sure they love to see that even more so than watching feedback stuff. So it's You know, it's important to get creative in that sense and um, share more about your life and what you're doing. And that's it's perfect for your YouTube channel, too, that you're doing with Liz, because uh, it's something that your fans can interact with more. They can get more insight into your life. And that's what it's all about, is interacting and sharing your journey with those fans.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's like this whole this whole process and this whole like journey is being documented and people get to see the development of you as an artist, not only with your music, but also with your life as well. And I think that's really, really important.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, do you have anything to plug? I mean, obviously you want to plug your stream. Do you have any? I know you just had an EP that released that you're a part of. Are you planning any shows soon?
1: Yeah. Um, so the artist project that I go by is called Sixth Street with the number six, H space street. Um, and these days I'm actually really hoping to um, grow my Spotify Um, account so if you guys look on apple music or spotify you can find Sixth street on um, all of those platforms and i just released a official remix on friday to my friend daniel simmons track guard Um, and i'm really really happy with how that one turned out and yeah that's that's been the main fucking
0: unreal dude thank you man you sent it to me you sent it to me last night i was like let me go fucking buy this shit i bought it i just went straight to your track i was like
1: whoa holy (laughs) shit it's, that's like it's my a, vibe like festival future bassy chords like i'm a huge fan of that stuff it's so. a
0: banger i need to connect you with my buddy noah neiman um who yeah. does future based stuff and um uh, very similar to the things you're doing i think you two could fucking make a anger of a trap dude
1: 100 connect me yeah um but yeah if you guys want to check my music it's going to be on spotify or on apple music look up six street and i'm working on a new ep with my friend leo he's a phenomenal singer and probably releasing that in the next month or two so yeah i'm really really excited to keep making more music and keep sharing yeah the twist stream if you look up uh sixth street music with no spaces um it'll pop up on there if you guys have any tracks that you guys want to just send in for feedback that's the place to check it out i am online sunday tuesdays and fridays at 6 p.m pacific time for two hours Sweet,
0: awesome well thank you so much richard i appreciate you taking the time and uh yeah we'll have to i i can't wait to go back in the stream tomorrow and we can hang out and listen to some good tunes because it's it's always dude, good Dude, I just want to
1: say thank you for for having me on the, uh, the podcast. And whenever you're on the stream, dude, you always are giving the best advice. And I'm like, yes, Envious Audio is here. <laughs> like, we're going to have a good stream because you're there. So thanks for being there, man. Hell
0: yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, well, you take care, dude. All
1: right, man. Much love. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Electronic Dance Money. I really enjoyed making this episode. It was a ton of fun. As always, you can head to enviousaudiocom podcast to check out the show notes. I'll put up all the links to Richie's social media profiles, his Twitch stream, his Spotify account. You'll be able to look all of that stuff up there and everything else that we talked about in the show. Feel free to email me, podcast at Let me know what you think of the show there's any guests you'd like me to have on, or if there's any specific topics you'd like me to talk about. Again, I would really appreciate it if you headed over to Apple Podcasts and went in rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the show. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next time.